Well, hello everybody and welcome back. This is our daily devotional for September the 19th, 2023. It seemed a wonder that September got here in the first place and now here we here we are over halfway through. Time is flying, but busy days make for the quick passage of time and we're having busy days around here, but y'all they are wonderful blessed days. Um let me encourage you. There's still time left, right? There's still time for you to come tonight and tomorrow night if you are local to our area. It is unbelievable the way that we are hearing about the Lord working, The some of the videos that we've seen, um, ways that the Lord has intervened. And, I, and I'm struggling because there's really a lot of things that I can't talk about um, in this format, right? It's not that I'd don't trust our regular viewers or anything like that, but realize that we're hearing stories from our guest speaker about missionaries who are in harm's way. And by missionaries, I mean indigenous peoples in Africa that are carrying the gospel to villages that have never heard the name Jesus before. Um, Joe made a point Sunday morning that, that when so many people in Africa hear the name Jesus, and he's talking about Western Africa, when they hear the name Jesus, they ask which village he's from, because that's their level of understanding. They do not have the scriptures. They have not received Christ. They are in a pre-Christian culture, okay? Steadily, we're becoming a pre-Christian culture here. We're kind of on the fence between a post-Christian and a pre-Christian culture. But nevertheless, we're hearing these amazing stories about how the Lord is working, the Lord is healing, the Lord is is doing so many wondrous things, y'all. Um, so again, let me encourage you, 7 o'clock tonight, um, and then again, 7 o'clock tomorrow night, and we have our ice cream social afterwards. But you will be blessed. Also, let me remind you, if you have Bibles laying around, one of the things that, that Joe talked about, well, it would have been, by the time you see this, it would have been two nights ago, but one of the things that he talked about was the fact that you have, in just Sierra Leone, okay, forget about the other nations that he is focusing on, like Niger and Chad and that kind of stuff. Forget about those. In Sierra Leone alone, okay, there are 35 thousand new Christians. Um, probably more than that. The way that they track is through baptism because baptism is such a, I don't know any other way to say it, baptism sets people apart so much that they're only keeping track of the number of baptisms that are done. This is not like American baptism where everybody's baptized at least once. It's a very serious thing. It is a marking of the people for the kingdom of God, okay? And they're keeping track of these. But in Sierra Leone alone, 35,000. Um, our speaker talked about going to the Christian bookstore in the nation's capital, the only one, I believe, and they had 12 Bibles. Okay, 35,000 new believers, 12 Bibles. They are in desperate need of God's word. They are in desperate need of discipleship, right? They're, and the pastors, realize these are bush pastors, okay? Indigenous peoples are carrying the gospel to indigenous peoples. They're planting churches galore, and they're finding pastors, but these pastors are entirely uneducated. They need God's word, and they need training, okay? So those are ways to pray, but I'm, I'm turning this devotional into one big, long advertisement, <clears throat> but you, you, I'm telling you, 
You will be blessed if you come and if you're local. Now, all of that being said, it's good to be back with you this morning and to continue along in the book of Acts. You know, it's fascinating. We're, we're focusing on this and special services, how the Lord worked and how the gospel was expanding. Well, today we see another example of this. Sunday morning, Joe talked about Paul's missionary journeys and how Paul um, was able to accomplish so much. Number one, it, it, it wasn't Paul at all. It was the grace of God, right? But also, number two, it was training disciples. It was doing what the Great Commission says, right? To go and make disciples because disciples, if we receive the Great Commission to go, therefore, and to make disciples for Jesus Christ, then those people by default become recipients of the Great Commission, and they go and they make disciples for Jesus, and you have this massive thing building up. That's how Paul was able to cover so much territory. That's also what we kind of see going before us today, and especially tomorrow, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. Now, where we left off yesterday was Peter came to Cornelius's home. Okay. Remember the whole business? We talked about the second main and or the second meaning of Peter's rooftop vision, but really the, the bigger meaning, right? Is that not only are no foods unclean, there are no people that are unclean. Yesterday we talked about how the gospel of Jesus Christ is the great divider amongst humanity, either you have been saved through Jesus Christ, or you haven't. Well, we come up with so many classifications for people, so many things that are supposed to matter, right? Um, here locally, do you root for Virginia or Virginia Tech? Is your truck a Chevy or a Ford? I mean, you know, are, or let's even get bigger. Are you a Democrat or are you a Republican? Are you a, a vegetarian or a vegan, a vegan or a carnivore? I mean, we could go on and on. Is your tractor green or is your tractor red? Or maybe it's even blue. You know, I mean, all of these things, I'm not saying, you know, preferences are fine. There's nothing in the world wrong with that. Okay. But our world tries to define people by these things and it sets up communities around these things. I'm using a PC to record this. There are people that strongly believe that everybody should own a Mac. You know, I have an iPhone, not an Android. Again, that stuff is fine. It doesn't really matter. It's just, it's just stuff. It's just hobbies. It's just pursuits. There really is only one divider in humanity. Either you're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone to the glory of God alone, or you're not. That's it. Only two people in the world. And so amongst those two people, there is no such thing as clean or unclean. There's just saved and not yet saved. Okay. Um, so that's what we focused on yesterday. And where we left things was Peter revealing this wonderful conviction that he has received from the Lord, that this, this second revelation about what that vision meant. Okay. Um, verse 28 of Acts chapter 10, he said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? That's where we left off. And that's where we pick up today. Let's pray. Our Father, please be with us now in this time. What a glorious transition we can see in the history of your people, the history of, of us, really. 
Um, I don't know how many ethnic Jews are are tuning in right now, but the rest of us, uh, at least mostly, we're we're Gentile. But nevertheless, um, Father, this wonderful, wonderful work of the gospel of Christ just shows the power of the gospel. Help us to appreciate it. Help us to receive a prompting from it. Guide us even now by your Holy Spirit. And we pray it in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so I just said mostly, uh, mostly Gentile. I, I do have some, some Jewish relatives, that kind of thing. I believe it was my great grandmother was a Jewess. But anyway, um, yeah, the rest of us are just Gentiles here. And I, I think I'm enough Gentile that, or enough Jew if I was in Nazi Germany. And I would have problems, but I, I'm not really sure about that. But nevertheless, right? So you see this major transition going on with Christianity, where it's not just the Jews anymore that can convert to Christianity. It's not just the Jews that are considered clean. Now it's the Gentiles. Peter's just said, may I ask why you sent for me? Verse 30, Acts chapter 10, where we pick up today. Cornelius answered, four days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour. At three in the afternoon, suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. Again, very specific, okay? Verse 33, so I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now, we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Pause for a moment. While Cornelius is really offering an explanation and salutations, something is revealed there about Cornelius's faith. Okay. Cornelius is treating Peter with the same force and the same weight as a prophet. He understands that Peter is there not to share his own opinions, not to, uh, to, to throw around his weight as, as one of the original 12 disciples. No, 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 no. Listen to what he said. He said, we, now we are all here. This is the end of verse 33. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Y'all, there's a valuable lesson in here in terms of just devotional thoughts, okay? When it comes to reading God's word, when it comes to listening to God's word preached and taught, and it's this, there is a profound calling for those who are called to preach the word. Y'all, when I write sermons for Sunday morning, what I am seeking to do more than anything else is what was just said right there at the end of verse 33. When I write a sermon, I don't write with particular people in mind, right? And sometimes people say, well, you wrote that about me today. No, 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 no. What I do, what I try my absolute best to do, and by God's grace, it is my, my great prayer that I'm doing this. We go chapter by chapter, verse by verse through God's word. And what I seek to convey from the pulpit is none other than what the Lord has commanded me to preach through his word. Because y'all, I didn't write the word. Okay. So make sure that the pastor, the preacher, the teacher, whatever you want to call them, whoever you are listening to is following that mindset 
and is making every attempt to be faithful to this idea. Because preaching and teaching, that's all that is. It is the faithful conveyance of the whole counsel of God's word. Cornelius understood that about Peter. He says, hey, we're here and we're ready to listen to everything that you have to say that the Lord has commanded you to tell us. What's your attitude when you listen to sermons? What's your attitude when you listen to teaching? Uh, that attitude ought to inform the kind of preaching and teaching that you're listening to. But really and truly, what's your mindset as you approach God's word and sit under the preaching and teaching of others? Fellow ministers that are on here, what's your mindset as you go to preach the word? Let it be this, the number one question that we ask, preachers and teachers, what has been revealed? What is in God's word? What am I to convey that the Lord has commanded? Right, that's it. It's not complicated. It can't get complicated in the in the work of, of preparing and that sort of thing. But anyway, make sure that that's the kind of preaching and teaching you're listening to. And preachers and teachers, make sure that's the kind of preaching and teaching that you are doing. Now, that's the mindset that the big reveal has been given. Peter says, hey, why'd you call me? And Cornelius says, hey, a, a guy showed up in shining clothes, an angel, and said to send for you. And so we're here and we're ready. By the way, I got to say this, y'all. I just got to say this. This being the mindset, though we do not know, right? We don't have anything about what goes on in Peter's mind here, okay? We are not given a... Remember, Luke is writing Acts, okay? Luke does not convey to us what this did for Peter. And while I wasn't there, obviously, and while I can't look into Peter's heart, I just got... And this is opinion, right? I'll take off the pastor tie, forget about the, the pastor's study here. Just my personal opinion as a man who preaches, I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine how much Peter was encouraged by this. To just hear, we're here and we're ready to listen to what the Lord has commanded. Oh, how, how much good that must have done Peter's heart. Nevertheless, though we don't get a glimpse into Peter's heart, we see what he does next. Verse 34, then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. Pausing for just a second. The leadoff here is everything. He gives us a hint. We, we read to this point because it, we get a hint at where he's going to go next, right? But the leadoff is so important here. Peter's already said it once. He said it way back when he talked about, hey, listen, you know, it's against the law for us Jews to be associating with you, but I'm convinced that there is no such thing as someone who is clean or unclean, right? And so he leads off with this principle that God does not show favoritism. And really, he doesn't. And it all goes back to what we've talked about already, because there are only two types of people. But in, in one sense, there's only one type of person. We're all created in God's image, with intrinsic value and worth, right? Everyone is created in the image of God and is valuable. Okay, That's why we believe in the sanctity of life. That's also why we should not be proponents of things like racism and, and all of this kind of stuff, y'all. We are all created in the image of God 
all of equal value, and God does not show favoritism. Why? Well, he can't show favoritism. You know, people wonder at this thing. What? You know, what do you mean God doesn't show favoritism? Y'all, God can't show favoritism because he's holy. And the only people that he can be with are holy people. Now, before you start saying all that, rules me out. I'm not holy. Well, look, none of us are on our own. That's why the, the, the power of, of Jesus Christ is so important here. Look, because God is holy, he cannot be with that which is unholy by default. If God, who is holy, is with people who are unholy, then guess what? The unholy rubs off. God can't be holy and be in the presence of that which is unholy, okay? And so we either need to be perfect or, and this is where the gospel comes in, either we need to be perfect and none of us are, or we need to place our faith in the one who is perfect, in Jesus Christ, who took the wages of sin that he did not earn, who paid the penalty for sin that he did not commit and died. And as a result, became the atoning sacrifice, became the substitute for all those who would place their faith in him. God doesn't show favoritism. He's holy. And the only way that you and I can be with God is through Jesus Christ, who is holy, with he as our representative, with him as our holiness. That's how the gospel works. When Jesus died on the cross, all of his righteousness was placed on those who would trust in him. And all of our sin who would trust in him was placed on Jesus. It's an exchange. That's how, that's how this thing works. So God does not show favoritism, right? And he continues on. I'll start at verse 36. He says, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. And then he adds to this, you know, how does Cornelius know? I don't know how Cornelius knows. I don't know how Peter knows that Cornelius knows about Jesus, okay? Maybe it's because he's in the Italian regiment out of Rome. I, we don't know, but we know from this. What we do know is Cornelius has heard about Jesus. He's a God-fearer, but he hasn't placed his faith in Christ. Neither have those who are with him. It's almost like what's going on here, and we don't know that it is, but it's almost like Cornelius has heard about Christ. He's heard of these things that have been taking place, but no one has shared the gospel with him yet. But he's waiting expectantly. Nevertheless, Peter tells him, hey, the guy that you've heard about, it's true. All the things are true. And to up the ante, verse 39, he said, we are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins 
through his name. Y'all, this is around the third time that Peter is pretty much given the same exact sermon. And it's not a complicated one. What is it? By the way, it's the same message that you can carry to other people. And yes, I said message. You don't have to be a preacher to talk about this, y'all. You have to be a missionary. But Peter's basic words to Cornelius and all that had gathered is, you've heard about Jesus. He's the real deal. And I'm a personal witness to his power. In Peter's case, it was the risen Lord. But in your case, it can be, this is what the Lord has done in my life. The Lord saved me. In him, I have freedom. The Lord has renewed me again and again. I mean, you know, whatever your testimony is, but that's all that Peter does here. He simply bears witness to the risen Lord. And the end result of this is what we're going to see tomorrow. But for today, y'all, what a glorious thing we're witnessing here. What this is, is not just the gospel going forth to Cornelius and to a group of people. This is a barrier that is being broken down. This is a dramatic shift in the direction of God's kingdom, where again, it's not just Jews anymore. Now the Gentiles are coming in. And it ought to just go to show us the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because God shows no favoritism, the Lord's no respecter of persons. He will have whom he will have. And the power of the gospel is that it can't be stopped. It keeps on going. As far as your devotional thought for today, I'll give you another one. And with this one, we'll end. Do you pray about how the Lord can use you? Do you consider who needs to hear this message that Jesus is legit? That he's the real deal? Let me tell you what he's done for me. Do you think about the people in your life that need to hear this? Do you look for opportunities to share this? I hope that you do, y'all, because God shows no favoritism. We shouldn't either. We should love people, love them enough to tell them the truth. Now, if you know the truth, it's your responsibility. If you don't know the truth, if you don't know Jesus, write me, call me, something like that, talk to somebody. We need to talk. We need to get this thing squared away because he is the real deal. And if you want to be with God, if you want to be with those that have gone on before you that have known and loved the Lord, it will only be through Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by him because he's the only one of us that's ever holy. That's what it comes down to. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for this time that you have given to us, and I thank you for everybody here. What a marvelous, marvelous thing to see your word going forth, um, both in the past, but also in the present right now. Let us see where we fit in. Convict us again and again by your spirit. And I pray it all in Christ's name. Amen. Well, I'd like to thank you all for being a part of this time. Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow morning. Things should be posted at 6 a.m. Again, if you're in the area, 7 o'clock tonight. And it is casual, okay? Um, you don't have to dress up, anything like that. It's, it's informal. So we would love to have you. But until we see you again, take care.